Sometimes we don't see God's power, we don't see God's miracles working for us because we didn't ask him. Now we wait until we ask everybody else. We wait until we go to the doctor, we wait until our medicine is gone or it's not working before we will turn to Jesus. And I'm telling you, you can ask him before you ask anybody else. You don't have to suffer with this ongoing issue all the time. The Lord is waiting and wondering and is available to help us, but we never ask. The Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. This is Jerry G. Martin. Today, we're going to share with you a message that Jesus is in the house, and he's right where you are. All you have to do is ask him for what you need. Come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's word. Immediately after Jesus spoke as the guest speaker at the Sabbath service, he began his activity to help the people of the community. We've been looking at Jesus' work in the book of Luke chapter 4. Jesus spoke to the church folks while he was there in the synagogue, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set the prisoner or those who are held captives free from their pain, the pain of their past, the pain of the present, the pain of what you're going through right now. Those who can't break free from habits and hang-ups and addictions and abuse and fear. You're still captivated by failures and bitterness and unforgiveness or anything else that holds you down. Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. He said, I came to give sight to the blind. Those who can't see their way to righteous living. These are the people who says, I don't see it like that. They can't see the future that God has in store for them. They are blind to what Jesus Christ has already done for them. He says, I came to open their eyes. He says, I came to release the oppressed, those of us who are still wounded. Maybe there is a dark cloud that seemed to follow you around or so you think. It's, I just can't seem to get over there's something that's just seemed to follow me and I don't feel good in my spirit, in my heart. I can't put my finger on it. Maybe you always seem to be in a bad place where, where we're maybe always in a financial bind. You've been in a financial bind since 2000. I just can't seem to get out of there. Our relationships never seem to work out. Or maybe spiritually, we're in a dry place. I don't feel like I used to feel. He says, I came to set the oppressed free. That was a summary of why he is here. He closed out that passage by saying two things. He says, after what I told you I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you this is the year of the Lord's favor. And then the second thing he said was that year starts today. When you hear and receive this message, the year is beginning. And I'm going to tell you today, when you hear this message, the year is beginning for you, for things to change in your life. After that, Jesus went to work immediately. And I want to just share with you 
the day's work that Jesus put in one day right after he left that synagogue. He went to another one, and that's in the same chapter in Luke verse 31. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 35, be quiet, Jesus said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Now that was at the Sunday morning service or the Sabbath morning service. They were Jews and they were in a synagogue on the Sabbath day. That was the morning service. There was a man sitting in the service who was possessed by a demon. He's in church and he's possessed. The demon in the man recognized Jesus right away. He said, Jesus of Nazareth. Just in case you don't know who, you know, that was more than one person named Jesus in that time, whether you knew it or not. So he, in order to uh, be sure that people knew exactly who you were talking about, since they didn't go by last names, he said, you are Jesus of Nazareth. The question to you is this, do you know who Jesus is? The demons know. Do you know? And some people will say, you know, I don't know if I can believe in Jesus and believe in God. Well, if you don't, ask the demons. You believe in the devil because you said the devil made you do it. <laughs> ask them. Does Jesus really, is he alive? They'll tell you, yes, he is. In fact, they asked him two questions. Number one, they asked him, what do you want with us? And the question, if I was there to ask the demons, is what do you want with this man? This man's mind and this man's action were out of control. The demons wanted something by possessing this man. But now they're asking Jesus, what do you want with us? The second question they asked him was, have you come to destroy us? So you know it was more than one demon in the man because they said, have you come to destroy us? Now listen, uh, here's what the devil will do. Uh, he'll come to mess you up, but he don't want anybody to mess him up. Now you know they came to destroy this man, but they're asking Jesus, did you come to destroy us? The demons were concerned about their own well-being. Jesus was concerned about the well-being of the man. Jesus loves us, and Jesus is always concerned about our well-being, no matter what we are in, no matter what situation or what condition we're in, Jesus is concerned. Let me say that one more time, because there are people that think God's forgotten about you. You just think, where is the Lord? But Jesus is here, and he's concerned about what's going on in your life. The devil will tell you he don't care about you. Look at you. Uh, where's God now while you're right in the middle of this? But I want you to know that he's concerned. They asked Jesus two questions, but Jesus made two statements to them. Number one, he said, shut up. 
And the second statement he made was come out of him. Shut up and come out. And they had no choice but to obey the Holy One of God because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now you notice that the demons knew he had the power to to destroy them. That's why they were concerned and Jesus took advantage of his power and he has the power to make the demons flee. He said, shut up. And whenever you see Jesus encountering demons in the scripture, he has very little to say to them. He's not getting in a long conversation with the demons and trying to figure out uh, why you're there uh, and what, what you got going on and tell me how long you've been in there and all that stuff like that. He says, just shut up and come on out. Because however long you've been in there, you've been in there too long. You don't belong in that man. Shut up. I don't want to hear what you got to say and just come on out. Verse 36 tells us that all the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching? Look at this. With authority. Somebody say authority. Authority. And power. Say power. power. He gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. Now the folk that were there observing, they recognized that Jesus had authority and he had power and they also recognized that the evil spirits obeyed him and came out just like he told them to. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. When the people saw what Jesus was doing, they were amazed. When you see what Jesus can do and will do in your life and in the life of people around you, you will be amazed as well. Don't you know he's still working? He's still able. He still has authority. He still has power. And he will do it. When you experience his power to save your soul and set you free, when he heals your body and delivers you from bondages, and the strongholds of demonic forces, you're going to do what those other folk did. You're going to tell somebody about Jesus. When you had an encounter with him and he set you free, it won't be long before you just go out and tell somebody. Ask the woman at the well. When she met Jesus, the Bible says she went back to the town and told everybody that I met this man who's changed my life. News was spread around the town when the believers and people will come to the church and come to the place where Jesus is and Jesus will begin to affect their lives. You don't have to get advertising on the radio. The folks is going to talk him up. And one of the things that's happening in the church now, there are churches where the power of God haven't moved in so long, they've even forgot what it was like. The presence of God hadn't been there in so long that they have forgot what the presence and the power of God is like. But I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is in the house. Because we don't even look for the presence. We don't even look for the power. We're not even expecting the presence of God. We're not even expecting the power of God. We're not expecting him to move. We just come into church so we can just sit down, sing three songs, get a little message and go home in 45 minutes. But when the presence is in the house, when the power is in the house, things begin to change. Lives are changed. 
Chains are broken. Healing takes place when the presence of God is in the house and the power of God is in the house. I want you to say this with me. Jesus is in the house. So that was Sunday morning service. Then verse 38 said, Jesus left the synagogue and went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over and took her hand and rebuked the fever And it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. This is just a small little verse in the day of Jesus, but it's mentioned in Matthew and Mark as well. And if we're not careful, we'll just go right by this verse because it doesn't seem like it's significant because the woman had a headache and Jesus healed her and kept going. But if you can't believe God for a headache, you can't believe him for healing you of cancer. So say, I believe him for the headache. We want to talk about this. The first thing I want to point out is that Jesus made a house call. And I want you to know that Jesus still makes house calls. Come on, when you're at home sometime, you say, Lord, I need you to make a, a house call. If you invite him, he will come to your house. And the reason he may not have been to your house is because he never got an invitation. Jesus make house calls. Peter and and his brother Andrew invited him. Why don't you come over to our house? But in the house, secondly, was Peter's mother-in-law. She was in bed with a high fever. Peter's mother-in-law. There's just something special about mother-in-laws. Mother-in-laws are the most significant and wonderful and beautiful people that you can find in the whole world. And I'm not just saying that because my mother-in-law is sitting over there. We got to treat our mother-in-laws with respect and care and comfort. Now, in the house was Peter's mother-in-law. Luke, the physician, who's writing this, is careful to let us know that this is a high fever that has knocked her off of her feet and put her in the bed. Now, it may not be a fever that has knocked you off of your feet, but is it the pain in your back or the pain in your neck, the migraine headache or an internal pain or, or a broken heart? What knocks you off of your feet where you can't function properly? Here's the third thing. They asked Jesus to help. Don't let that go by you. They asked him. They pointed out, my mother-in-law is sick. Would you help her? Now, the Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. There are times we just don't ask God to help us. We just go through suffering. We go through our pain. We go through our difficulties. And we're the people of God, but we don't consider that God is there to help us. So we don't even ask him. There was a blind man calling out to Jesus. And Jesus said, now, what do you want me to do for you? 
And he said, I want to see. So Jesus wants us to acknowledge that he is, number one, that he's able to do it. And then we acknowledge that by asking him to do it in faith, believing that he can do it. Sometimes we don't see God's power. We don't see God's miracles working for us because we didn't ask him. Now, we wait until we ask everybody else. We wait until we go to the doctor. We wait until our medicine is gone or it's not working before we will turn to Jesus. And I'm telling you, you can ask him before you ask anybody else. You don't have to suffer with this ongoing issue all the time. The Lord is waiting and wondering and is available to help us, but we never ask. I'm thinking about the woman who had the the issue of blood who was hemorrhaging for 12 years. She pushed her way through the crowd and she said, if I could just touch him. She touched him and Jesus said, wait, I felt that. I felt something going out of me. He said, who touched me? He said, somebody was asking me. It was too much noise going on, too many people hollering. I couldn't hear verbally, but she touched me. She asked me with a touch. She reached out and said, I need a touch from you, Lord. And it's time for some of us to move beyond the pain and the suffering that we've been going through day in and day out and year in and year out by knowing that Jesus is in the house and he's waiting for somebody to say, I need a touch from you. He was asked to help. Many times we are suffering and fail to ask the healer to help us. Number four, Jesus responded to the need. They asked and he responded. The Bible tells us Jesus touched her. And then it said he rebuked the fever. I had had to look at that for a minute. He didn't just say be healed. He said he rebuked the fever. Jesus spoke to the illness. The same one who was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And in the beginning, he spoke and said, let there be light in the midst of chaos, in the midst of of things that was null and void and formless. He spoke and said, let there be light, and light showed up. So he spoke to the high fever. That word rebuked is used again in the scripture when he was on the boat with his disciples and the storm was tossing the boat here and there and Jesus got up and rebuked the storm. He said, peace. Glory to God. All you need for him to stand up and rebuke what's going on in your body. He can rebuke cancer. He can rebuke heart trouble. He can rebuke diabetes. He talked to that spirit. He talked to that disease. He talked to it. He said, I can rebuke it. I speak to it right now. Jesus is the Lord over nature. Jesus is the Lord over sickness. Jesus is the Lord over disease. So if God can speak to the void and empty world and create it, he can certainly speak to the sickness and disease that is affecting your body. I know he's a healer. I don't have to argue with anybody theologically whether or not all the miracles passed away with the apostles and the doctrine of secession. It's too late to try to convince me of that because he spoke to the sickness that was in my body. When the doctor said we couldn't have any children, he spoke to me and said be productive. Hallelujah. And he healed my body. I know it was. It wasn't just a fluke. I know it was the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It was a miraculous power. We done been to the doctor two or three times. He said, it can't happen. He said, you don't have a low sperm count. You got a zero sperm count. Zero. I said, zero. They told me, say, you go, go to that black doctor down over there. And I went to him. I said, brother, I'm going to go to somebody else, bro. <laughs> somebody know what they're doing. He said the same thing, zero. But God is your hero. When everybody else says zero. When the doctor say, come and look at this. I don't know if we can do anything about it. God said, I can do something about it. Doesn't matter what the doctors say, they're only practicing. God is not practicing. When God speaks, when God speaks, it happens. Then the Bible tells us the fever left her. And I like this part. She got up at once. Oh, don't pass by that. She got up at once. He told that fever, get out of here. She just got right on up and started working, they said. She got on up like nothing ever happened. She got on up at once. She didn't have any lingering side effects. She wasn't sitting on the side of the bed and said, oh, I'm feeling a little bit better now. No, she didn't have to sit on the side of the bed to get herself together. She got up and began to function normally. When the Lord heals, he does a good job. He doesn't do it halfway. He does a good job when he heals. She got on up and said, oh my goodness, we got company. Let me get up and begin to do what I'm supposed to do. Now, God got something for you to do. Now, he'll, he'll speak to you. Now, sickness and disease come and affects people, and you never can get up and be effective in the ministry God want to have you to be effective in because you always got to deal with your issues. And, and the Lord will come and say, listen, I need you to do some work. I'm going to speak to whatever is ailing you so you can get up and be productive, not for you to get up and go get in front of the television and start watching the TV. In verse 40 says, and when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying hands on each one, he healed them. Now he started off at the morning service, casting the demon out of this man. Goes on over after service, you know how we have to go get something to eat. Goes over to Peter's and Andrew's house and healed his mother-in-law. And as the sun was setting, all kinds of various diseases were brought to him in sickness. He laid hands on each one of them and healed them all. Say all. Oh. It was all in a day's work for Jesus Christ. That's what he does. What an encouraging message to know that Jesus is in the house. There are many of you that are suffering from sickness, illness, disease. Maybe you've been suffering from this chronic issue for several years. Jesus is in the house and he's able. Maybe you've just been diagnosed and you just can't get your heart and mind around what the doctors have told you. And he said, there's no hope for you. Jesus is in the house. We want you to know that God is able, just as he rebuked the fever from Peter's mother-in-law, just as he rebuked the storm, just as he spoke and touched a woman with the issue of blood, God is able to heal. If you are listening to this message and you have a prayer request that we can join you with, I want you to call us right now at 281 964 
281-981-1393. And there's someone who will pray for your need. 281-964-1393. I want to invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a tremendous series that's really going to bless your life. This is the place where you can believe and you can belong and you can find answers for your life. Again, meet us this Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. For those of you who are looking for a Bible bookstore, we have one on our campus, The Beacon. Call us at 281-441-2885. If you're looking for communion supplies, Sunday school books, Bibles, or other Christian resources, call The Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now may the Lord our God richly bless you, and I'll be with you again next time.